0: Welcome, everyone, to It Tastes Different Gaming Podcast, the podcast with four different flavors coming from four different gamers. I'm your host, Russell Rowe, and I want to welcome my co-host, Shane Eisterholt, Patrick Smith, and Nick Irwin.
1: Hey, Patrick. Where can they find us?
0: Well, the first place you should check
2: out is our website at ittastedifferent.com. This is the place where you can subscribe to all of our streams and connect to all of our social media sites. You can also find us on Facebook at It Tastes Different. Uh we're also on Instagram at it tastes different PC and then last but not least is Twitter where you can find us at it tastes diff.
3: What's for dessert? We double dip into the chocolate fountain with the cost of gaming. Today we're going to talk about the cost of gaming, from consoles to to the games themselves, heck even controllers. And to start off, we're going to throw it over to Patrick.
2: Okay, so in this episode, we're going to kind of talk about, you know, what it costs overall, you know, everything to to game now versus like when we were younger, when we were buying consoles. So one of the things, you know, we all talk about, we're all familiar with this, is the cost of consoles themselves. So, you know, consoles compared to today's prices, so if you think about inflation and stuff like that, consoles back in the day were, were more expensive than they are today. And when I'm talking about consoles, I'm talking about like Atari and stuff like that. I mean, because I think most of us can probably remember our first consoles were probably the Atari or maybe even the Intellivision. Um, and maybe some of the luckier ones maybe got like the Vision back in the day. I think for the most part, you know, uh, I can remember playing, you know, I remember playing an Atari. Now, Atari had been out for quite a while since I was born, especially when you think of, you know, the 2600. Um, so, I, you know, I was born in the 80s, 1980. So that console had already been out for like three years. But that still was a $200 console back then. $200 in 1980 is pretty much equivalency of like $850 plus now when you think about that. So and then you, you just think about now we're getting into a new console market. You could buy uh, a new Xbox high end for $500. That's $300 cheaper than... The inflation cost of like the Atari and same thing for you know PlayStation, so you know due to inflation, you know there's quite of a quite a bit of other factors that that factor into that, considering like cost of living and stuff like that. but you know gaming is always an expensive hobby, no matter who you are, you know whether you're the the budget gamer, the super budget gamer, or you know you're the cutting edge gamer, you know I think every one of us has multiple consoles. Computers, all that kind of stuff, you know. I mean, games are expensive, you know. Nick, you want to kind of tell us, you know, your, you know, your history with gaming and, and stuff like that, and you can remember spending on consoles and games when you were younger?
1: I didn't own an Atari myself. My grandmother had an Atari, so I would go over there and play that. But my first console was a Nintendo, an NES. It was actually my brother's, but (laughs) I played it more than he did. And then, you know, kind of went from there, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. I think the first one I actually bought on my own, I would say, was probably the Dreamcast. And then from there on, you know, every console that came out after that. But uh, as far as the cost of gaming, I mean, I remember, you know, if you think about Nintendo games back in the day, they ranged from, you know, the Nintendo NES came out at one ninety nine ninety nine, which back then, you know, and I think it came out in 85 here in the U.S. uh, With inflation, you know, that equals to around $434 today, you know, or at least around 2013 or so around there. You know, it might be even more expensive nowadays. But and then games themselves were arranged from $10 to 60 bucks even. Uh, for regular Nintendo games. For the really good ones, you know, for the other ones, you know, they were probably around $10, $40, somewhere around there. I remember even Nintendo 64 games being super expensive back when I was younger. You know, I didn't, I didn't buy the 64 myself. I was too young by then. My parents bought me one. I remember them buying me games for it, but I didn't get games for it that often because, you know, at the time, you don't really think about it, but, you know, at the time, they were expensive. You know, they were around $60. And... Then we get into today's standard with, the, uh, you know, uh, kind of going up through the years. And then we got PlayStation games where they they did go off of cartridges. Cartridges were more uh, expensive to manufacture. So, you know, CDs were a little bit cheaper, so the price did go down, right? We got like $40, $50 games at that point. And then console generation comes and goes, and we went up to $60, which, you know, when we went up to $60, that was
2: like – Not something we all wanted to do, right? that was not something we were all looking forward to. You know, talking about, like, cartridges and stuff, game cartridges have all, you know, not until, what, the last 15 years has, like, games standardized, because you just brought up a good point. Back in, like, Super Nintendo and second Genesis time, you could buy a game that would range from $40 to $100. I mean, I remember seeing $100 games pretty regularly that were just loose cartridge games. We're not talking about, like uh the games with the guns and other peripherals. They're talking about just like normal cartridges. Uh you know, and now now it's kind of rare to see a game deviate from the sixty dollar range. So, you know, games have been all over the place over the years, especially like, you know
3: Nintendo has been the one uh company when it came to the sixty four that had uh outrageous uh price differences between games. I wanna say it was Zelda on 64, that was like eighty dollars because it had the graphics pack that went with it. I don't know if you guys remember that, like the little adapters that you, pack. The, <laughs> yeah, your exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And but you plugged uh, into
2: the console. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah,
3: yeah, and there was another one too that was in the eighty dollar range. I cannot remember it. So I do apologize.
2: Probably
1: like uh, Star. That uh, came with Star the Fox.
3: Packs. I think that's right. Uh, and so there was – it's weird how that, uh you know, every, everybody else seemed to stay pretty solid with their pricing. But Nintendo was like, eh, we got this. So here's $50. Here's $80. It just seemed like a heck of a way to, you know, sell your stuff.
2: Right. And now everything is kind of baselined at 60 bucks, unless it's – you know, very rarely do games go over the $60 range at this current time frame. I mean, basically, what, since 2005, we've been kind of sitting at, you know, not that's 2005, but, uh you know, uh when was that? When they basically, I think it was around the top of the 60 yeah. days, yeah, 360, yeah. they started coming out $60 games, which was... You know, uh the 360 launched in what, 2005, so that would be about right. 2005, we started hitting $60 games, and they've been there since then. So 15 years, we've been kind of spoiled at $60 games. When when you consider that, a $60 game in 2005 was equivalent to an $80 game now. Or, you know, we could even get, you know, I remember having a Nintendo 64, um, and those games were $50 on average in 96. That's equivalent to an $80 game now, you know.
3: Yeah, Were considering you, the console itself uh was one ninety nine. Yeah, one forty nine. I can't remember which. So and that's $199, uh, yeah, the,
2: yeah,
3: that's that's a quarter of the cost of your console just for one game. So woof.
2: Right. Yeah, and you know we all I, well we all had a Nintendo. And the Nintendo was $180 bucks when it came out, $179.99, know, whatever you call it. And games were ranging, I think on average, games were about 45 They were probably in 35 to $45 range for that. And when you think about, in 1985, how much $45 was equivalent to, it's about $110. So,
3: oh, yeah. If I it, asked my parents for that kind of money for a game, boy, somebody uh, went to school with a black eye.
2: I cannot imagine if my kid came up to me and said, can I have this game? And it was $110 now. I'd be like... No. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> but, you know, you things are different. You go in play
3: your PS7 or your Xbox 4850 right. or what the hell they're going to call it. By but day.
2: things are different now, too, because I remember when I was younger, you know, my, you know, I lived with my grandparents when I was younger. My grandpa worked and my grandma didn't. But when she started to go to work uh in the 80s when I was younger, they had all this extra discretionary income. So that's how I was able to get like a Nintendo and stuff like that, because. It didn't take two people to to earn a household income back then, you know. It, it took one person could pay all the bills and have enough money to pay for groceries and maybe a little discretionary. So then, you know, my grand my grandma started working in the mess hall, and we got, you know, her money. Her income was discretionary, so I was able to get a Nintendo and then a Sega and stuff like that when all this stuff started coming out. Um, but nowadays, I guess that kind of leads into why consoles aren't. A thousand dollars now. It's probably because most of us would be like, I don't have a thousand dollar discretionary income to, to buy these and maybe the console market wouldn't be able to keep alive with it. I I don't know about you guys, but I often hear stories where when PlayStation and Xbox release, they're losing money on the consoles because they want to keep people for the, uh, you know, the services or the, uh, games, you know, that's where they're trying to make their money. Yes.
3: When most, when most of those consoles from the original Xbox uh, apparently the original Xbox lost like sixty percent uh, to build a base, uh, and 360, PS2 they sold uh, at uh, small losses as well. Now PS3 uh, decided, you know what? We're we're gonna sell for a profit, and look how that turned out for them because they wanted six hundred dollars for that turd. Well, the PlayStation the, 3
2: uh, was five hundred dollars when it came out.
3: Yeah. No PS3. Yeah,
2: five hundred bucks.
3: Well, the um, they had a six hundred dollar version, which is the one I I think I wanted. But the, I remember but the big the, black uh, like new consoles one. are definitely coming out uh, at a loss because uh, there's no way they can be doing what they're doing at you know four ninety nine three ninety nine. They just, I mean, I don't, I'm not a tech person, but I'm pretty sure that's uh, it's a lot more expensive than that.
2: Well, I mean, just to put that in perspective, the Xbox One was a $500 console, and it's a, yeah. the Xbox Series X is a $500 console, so. But you gotta seven, connect. In seven years, <laughs> we got, yeah, in seven years, we didn't get a price increase, you know, so on a console. Now, PlayStation 4 was $100, was $100 cheaper than the Xbox yes. One. So, I mean, it was full, so it did get a price increase, if you, if you consider the disc versus disc version a four dollars to a $500 console. So we did have a jump there, but it's not like it's an insurmountable jump. And we're talking seven years. I, I, I don't know. Gaming seems expensive, but when you contemplate how much gaming used to cost, it doesn't seem as bad. But you're also not considering the time as we've gone over the course of my lifetime, at least, you know, I'm, you know, from 1980 to now, We've gotten to the point to where it takes two people to earn enough money to run a household. Whereas when I was a kid, my grandma would, my grandpa would work and my grandma wouldn't, or my dad would work and my mom wouldn't. So we've come to a point in, in where inflation is, has outpaced the cost of living. So cost of living hasn't, the cost of living and the cost of salaries hasn't kept up with inflation. So I think that's probably why we see this huge. Discrepancy and disparity between What consoles cost back when we were kids Versus what they cost now
3: Yeah you know? It's uh, it's definitely You know when you're single You know you're single it's You don't put as much contemplation Into, into those things when you come When it comes to your hobby But uh, you know I've got a You know wife and two dang many kids And I love them to death but They eat into my gaming money <laughs> You know right. but it's it's you know it, it's definitely worth it in in the long run, but uh, it, it, gaming is at that point where you know the prices are like man I'm, I'm gonna have to wait till it's on sale or I'm just gonna have to you know put it on a layaway maybe you know and I don't I've never been like that it used to be when I you know first started working bought my own system man I bought all my own systems after that you know the only system I didn't buy was the original Nintendo and the Atari you know we got the Atari from a yard sale got the Nintendo for uh, Christmas me and uh, my brother and you know but ever since then you know it's all on me and it, it it's hard having these kind of hobbies with uh with major expenses besides the hobby
2: well when i was a kid we also only had one console in the household that was everybody's and nowadays Shane how many consoles do you have in your house
3: <laughs> Uh, three Xbox Ones, PS3, PS2, PS4. Well, let's just talk about like
2: current consoles, you know? Because yeah, we have. Oh. let's say the current current gen consoles. How many PlayStations do you have? Do you have just one?
3: I just have the one PlayStation Four, and then yep. I have a Xbox One, a One S, and a One X.
2: And do you have a Switch? Got a Switch too. Yep. Yep. And Nick, how about you? How many consoles do you have of the current gen in your house?
1: I have one Playstation. I have uh two Xboxes and two Switches.
2: Right. And I have I have two
0: Xboxes, uh PS four and a switch myself. And then Russ, what do you what do you got? I just have an Xbox and Playstation. I don't need all those other ones. Of course I don't have any children either so like the the need for a switch and my pretending that i have the switch for the kids doesn't necessarily <laughs> you know involve me but i mean although i although in truth and honesty i have thought about buying a switch um um uh, isabella has a switch who uh, for our listeners is my uh, only and eldest daughter who is out of the house but she loves nintendo switches and i did purchase that for her gift for her so I mean, I guess, you know, subconsciously maybe I have or not subconsciously, but, uh you know, just <laughs> because, Daddy borrow it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I need to at any time. But, you know, that I, I think I'll, I'll let Patrick finish his point, but I, I've got some thoughts, too. But, yeah, that's kind of where
2: I was going with that is that, you know, when I was a kid at my grandma's house, we had. We were lucky. We had two TVs. She had one in this like guest living room that we had in the secondary living room and then one in the living room, in the main living room. And the Nintendo was hooked up to that one. We didn't have, I always remember when we got a new console, the old one went away because I was sure dad traded in or or something (laughs) to get a new one because that's just how it worked. I remember begging to get a Game Boy. Uh, um, you know, and, and my, uh, my grandma, it was like, well, you got a, you got a Nintendo. Why do you need a game, Nintendo game boy? And I'm like, so I can play it remotely, you know, and it was a big deal. It was like a $90 little handheld thing back in the day when they had the old, uh, um uh, Milton Bradley little, uh, monochrome screen games that were like the football and all that stuff, you oh, know, yeah. they, they were equating it to that when it really wasn't like that. It was, you know, it was the handheld gaming console, but. You know, We had one. I remember at any given time, I had a Nintendo, and then when I wanted a a Sega Genesis, I didn't have a Nintendo (laughs) because the Nintendo (laughs) went bye-bye to buy the Sega Genesis, and we became a Sega household at that point because I always had a Sega and then a Sega CD, and then I remember pooling all of my money together for what seemed like forever to buy me a Super Nintendo, and then I convinced my grandma to buy me a, a Nintendo 64. Uh, I did not buy the original PlayStation. I didn't, I couldn't afford it. Um, you know, I could not afford an original, uh, uh, PlayStation when I was a kid. I, uh, that was $300 when I was, when I was 15. I'm like, I can't afford this. And so, you know, we got a $200, we got a $200 <laughs> Nintendo 64 instead because it was a little more affordable, you know? Um, but I love my Nintendo 64. Um, oh yeah. But like I said, you know, and then then I, you know, when I got to the point where I can buy my own, I started buying my own. I had a, I had a, I had the same thing as everybody else that I had the Sega Dreamcast, and I bought a, I bought a PS2 and stuff like that. But at that point, I was, you know, making my own money. I was working, and I graduated high school when the PS2 came out. So you know, I, you know, I could, I could afford that. But and when I was on my own, I could, I had discretionary income, especially when I was a kid. I was working, and the only thing I had to pay for was my gas, my truck payment. And my insurance on it. My parents didn't make me give them any other money unless I wanted to help out with something. So I could afford to buy the three hundred dollar Xbox three sixty when it came out, or or spend two hundred dollars on the GameCube, you know, stuff like that. Um But you know, you think about it. So when we were a kid, let's say you wanted a, let's say you your parents you wanted a Nintendo, you had to have a hundred eighty dollar Nintendo, and then a TV bank. Then you know, on average, was about seven hundred bucks. Which is about $1,500 by today's standard. So it's no slouch. You know, they were still expensive. They were still an expensive type thing. If you had a big TV, my grandma had like a big old floor model TV, you know, the big ones that sat on the floor and they didn't go on a stand or anything. It was, it was gaming was compared, gaming in my opinion, now looking at all this information was probably more expensive back then than it is today. It's obviously gotten cheaper and more affordable to the masses, but we also have a cost of living, um, as tipped in the other direction, you can't, you, it costs more to live now than it did back then. And wages haven't really caught up to that. So I think that's probably why gaming seems like it's expensive, but it's no more expensive than it was when we were a kid.
3: I hope my wife's listening. But, well, you know, more expensive, honey.
2: Go ahead, Russ.
0: Well, what I was going to say is that, is that you're kind of coming around to what my thoughts are. I mean, we are four different uh, gamers from, Almost like we're, we're like one behind the other in generations, almost, or at least the split in half. And so, you know, whereas I nice. was, you know, I I had a, you know, I, I was I was in the Air Force. Uh, I had a pretty decent income. You know, the military paid for my house, so you know, or paid for my living. So, you know, in 2000, buying a PlayStation 2 was was nothing to me really. It wasn't that difficult. So, you know, from PlayStation to current consoles minus the Dreamcast. Uh, I owned at least one console of every single one since PlayStation. I owned, a, I owned a PlayStation 1, I owned a Nintendo 64, I owned a PlayStation 2, GameCube, Xbox, Xbox 360, Wii, and so forth and so on. I, I did not have a Wii U. I should not – I, I did, we didn't go to the Wii U. We stayed on the Wii. But, you know, so for that – I've said what what I'll say about this is that I think gaming has become more accessible because of just because of society in itself. I mean, when you buy an Xbox Series X, when you buy the new Xbox, you are buying a full-blooded media center. You know, you're you could play all your shows on there. Everything is going to be on that, so it's almost like it's turned into the cable box. You know whereas you would spend you know what eight hundred nine hundred dollars in a month on cable you, know, you do have subscription based stuff, but you also have that box that comes in in the xbox series and you you have that media center I think where I think where we gets us um maybe maybe the three of us in Nick Patrick, and myself a little bit more, although I know. She, is is trying to catch up with the technology is computer gaming. We look at a console and we say, okay, look, Xbox came out 2013. I got seven solid years of of usage out of my Xbox One. I did not go to the uh the One X. So for me, I feel like that was an amazing investment for me in that I paid, you know, four ninety nine or three ninety nine when it went on sale or whatever it was when I bought the Xbox One And I've got that much usage out of it for seven years. Whereas if I had a computer in 2013, within five years, I'm going to have to upgrade at least one piece. And then within seven years, I'm going to have to upgrade at least two or three pieces if I want to stay competitive with the games that are being released at the same time. So in comparison, I think the console gaming has kept it affordable for the everyday person, whereas the computer gaming, that I think is where the gap is happening. Whereas it might've been a little bit earlier. It was a little bit cheaper earlier. Cause like I, we remember times where we could get a, a hundred dollar graphics card that would last us three years, three or four years. Whereas now if you get a hundred dollar graphics card, that's just gets you to through one game if you're lucky. And I, I think that's where that, that difference uh is whenever we're talking about the cost of gaming, computer gaming is expensive when you really look at it. Now, Thankfully, we have these Game Pass type subscriptions. We have things like that that are making it at least accessible for us to see more games at a more reasonable price. Cause gosh, if we look back at it, I mean, in the height of it, when we're buying a game, trading it in, buying a game, trading it in with GameStop, then that's how we were kind of like, quote unquote, saving our money. I guarantee you, we're, st- we still probably pay more in a year on games that th- then. Than we do now in a time of number one game sharing, number two Xbox Game Passes. I think that's where that's my thoughts around it all. I know it's a little bit scattered, but I think that's where we're saving money nowadays, even though it feels like we're not really going anywhere with the price points.
3: Yeah, I agree with your uh, your thoughts on you know the whole Game Pass and game sharing thing because that does. I mean. The four of us been doing game sharing together, you know, for God, how long? I mean, at least four years, um, and absolutely love it. It's a it's a genius way to get more games out there in people's hands uh, that may not have played them before. For one, Nick isn't a uh, uh, punishing 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 games that make you you know curl up in a fetal position that I would never I'd never buy. But if he buys it, I have the opportunity to play it, so I'm going to try it out. And uh, no, I still hate those games, but at least I can try them out. You know, I might find that one that says, oh my God, yay. And I don't have to waste a bunch of money to do that. Um, and that's a great thing. Game Pass is an amazing deal, and I would love to see Nintendo and Sony uh, follow suit you know, with something like that on their own. I don't see it happening. Especially with Nintendo.
2: We had Game Pass when I was a kid. It was called Blockbuster. I'm sure it was the same as everybody when, when we, when we were all kids. We had a very rigid schedule when I was a kid. Friday nights was always the same thing. It was pizza and movie night. Uh, dad would get off work and he'd pick us, pick up me and my brother and we would go, uh, we'd go buy Blockbuster and then get a pizza and come home. And I can always remember when we were in Blockbuster, Holding my tongue until we got in there and been like, dad, can we get a game, you know, and sometimes we would get one and sometimes we wouldn't. But, you know, I think I think probably 90 percent of the time we were allowed to get a game because games were like twice the cost of a movie to rent one back in sure. the day. But we we you know, that was our uh, game pass when I was a kid. You know, you get to spend five. I think it was five bucks. I think it was like four ninety nine to rent a game for the weekend. So we would get a game, we'd get a game like every weekend, if not three out of the four weekends. So that was our 15 bucks right there. We got three games to try because <laughs> we didn't get a new game every week or anything like that. I think we were lucky to get a new game once a month if we were lucky, if we were lucky when I was a kid. You know, so I, you know, that was our game as a kid, but game Pass now is, is definitely what saves me from having to buy my kid a game all the time because. She's all over the place and ch- ch- plays everything and anything that comes to Game Pass all the time. So that that's kind of how it's been cost effective for me. But I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a bargain gamer now. I I think I I think when I was younger, I played a lot more. I paid a lot more to game than I do now. And I don't know how that works because I'm making more money now in my life than I've made when I was that age. But I felt like I was buying a new game every week when I was young and. <laughs> And single, it seemed that way when I was young and single and just paying rent. You know, I split rent three ways with me and two roommates. You know, in like a six hundred dollars a month uh, three bedroom duplex. You know, so I was paying two hundred dollars a month for rent and paid for food and my gas and insurance and truck payment. I blew a lot of money on gaming. I remember buying a twenty five hundred dollar TV to play games on. It was like a Sony Grand Wega back in the day, and, and buying a new console when I wanted it. And now I'm like. I have to budget. I had to budget to buy that $500, uh, Xbox Series X, you know? <laughs> so I felt like yeah. I got, I gamed a lot more when I was a kid or I could afford to game because now I feel like I got to pinch my pennies to game. I don't know about you guys. How, how do you guys feel about now versus then?
0: I think the it's across? a, I think it's a, it's a, it's a two way street on that. Also, while you were there paying for those $60 games every paycheck or whatever, you get like, one good game a month or maybe two good games in a quarter or half a year. And then you realize, holy crap, I just spent like $400 on garbage games. And so, you know, I think that, that it's kind of like, you know, it, it's like a <laughs> a marriage or, or when you meet women or something like that, it's like, you know, you get too many women that just aren't the same as your, that what you're liking and you end up kind of like, uh, I think I'm going to stop dating for a while, or I'm going to stop, you know, doing whatever for a while, because now you're like, okay, look, if I'm going to spend sixty dollars, this game better be Ghosts, Ghost of Tsushima level. Like, it better be that. If I'm going to spend sixty dollars of my hard-earned money and, my, and put my time into it, it better be a good game, because we've been we've been fried so many times, or we've we've been, you know, lied to so many times on good games. That we end up saying to ourselves, okay, look, if I want to spend sixty dollars, this better be a good game because I'm not getting tricked again. And I think now it's to the point where you know we don't feel like we're being tricked on a forty dollar game, but definitely on a sixty, and especially once it goes to seventy. When we get to seventy uh, price point, we're going to be very particular with what games we buy. Well, yeah, I don't know. And, go ahead.
2: I was going to say I don't know about you guys, but. I remember when I was younger, and and like I said, when I was single and I was working, I remember buying a sixty dollars game and not caring that it was that bad. I would buy it and be like, okay, I wasted my money on this, and I would just trade it in at GameStop or EB Games back in the day and be like, oh, this sixty dollars game wasn't worth it. Let me go get my forty bucks. (laughs) You know, we get my thirty-five, thirty to forty bucks from uh, trading credit from EB Games or GameStop and get a new game with the next week. And I did that a lot. And uh, you know, I, I had an Xbox and a Dreamcast and all that stuff. And, and, you know, and, and, and back in the day, I even modded my Xbox because I wasn't worried that I'd have to buy another $300 console. Nowadays, I don't even, I don't even look at that thing sideways. I'm like, I can't afford to buy another $500 <laughs> console, you know? Um so I don't, I don't know. Part of it may be because life changes. Obviously, you know, now I have a household and a family that I have to, that I have to think about. But back in the day, it was just me for myself. But, I still, I make way more money now than I did as that age of a kid, but I, I gamed like it was going out of style back then. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I played WoW. I had a PC, I had a TV, I had a game, I had gaming consoles, I had new games all the time. And I remember playing WoW with all my friends and paying the $15 a month subscription and finding out a bunch of our friends had picked WoW back up and were on a different server. And I remember. I remember dropping a ton of money so I could transfer my characters over to their their server they were on. You know, what character transfers were like 15 bucks and if you wanted a faction transfer it was another 5. And I remember one time going, "Well crap, my friends are over here and I want to transfer these three characters. Three characters, 20 bucks a pop." I basically paid for the game to transfer my three characters. You know, I wouldn't think twice about I wouldn't even do that nowadays. I would not even give it a second thought like, "No, I'm not. I'll just start something new." <laughs> if I was playing Wild WoW still. So you know, obviously times have changed and what I, my priorities in life have changed, but I still don't figure if I, I don't, I still don't think if I wanted to, I could buy a new game a week and get away with it financially.
3: No, no, definitely not. But you know, one thing I'll we'll go back to what Russ said. You said, uh, you know, drop $60 is going to have to be ghost of Shishima quality. And I think that's one thing that, you know, the gamers should demand. If we're going to go to $70, We should expect $70 worth. Not, uh, you know, not this uh, half-finished garbage they, you know, they shoot out to you and then they give you a patch that's bigger than the damn game. Uh, and then it's still broken. It's still garbage. Uh, for $70, I want, I want Ghost of Shasima quality all day, every game. And, And that's my biggest problem with the quality of the games going up. It used to be, and I don't know if just because, you know, I couldn't afford to buy a new game after new game after new game, but, you know, when I bought a game on the Nintendo, it was a great game. I bought a new game on 64 or PlayStation or Sega. You know, it was a, it was a great game. But once, uh, once 360 PS3 got about halfway through the era and you started getting more uh, downloadable games and more updated games, Seems like the quality of the game has dropped. So I don't think seventy dollars is right if we're not getting the same quality game that we've gotten before that was actually finished.
1: I think another thing that comes into play too, and this is something that Russ said, is that you know, back then there was you know, when games came out too, you know, I think back then when games came out we got a good game that was worth your money, uh, you know, ever, ever so often. Right. It wasn't like, I mean, nowadays it seems like there's always something around the corner that I want to play. Whereas back then it was like, you know, the super Nintendo or a second Nintendo 64 would be like Mario 64 come out. And then a a couple months later, you know, or give or take it'd be wave race 64 and that'd be maybe the next one you want. Or even on the PlayStation, you know, a Mega Man or Castlevania or Metal Gear comes out and then you know, it's not until, what, PlayStation 2 where Metal Gear 2 comes out and then you know, so we had these gaps in time where these big games that were really wanted were spaced out pretty well. I think nowadays it's you know, like I said, it's pretty much every single time we talk about it, you know, we've discussed this amongst ourselves of like, hey, you know, what's coming out soon? Uh, you know, not really anything. And then we like name off like five games <laughs> and they're all coming out in the next like couple months or so. And the next thing you know, we're 60 uh, pop, you know, a piece, uh, down the line for each of these games coming out. And then, you know, cause usually before during the summer was the, the dead time, you know, where basically nothing would come out. Um, you, you would have a few scragglers here and there. And that was it. And then d- during the fall time is when all the games would come out around Christmas and things like that. And now it seems like even through the summer, we're getting games that we all want to play. And so I think that also affects our spending habits as far as that goes, you know, um, wanting to b- buy, uh, having to buy more games. There's it, it, kind of a good and the bad of it. We have a good, you know, category of games to play, but now we don't have enough time to play them.
3: Yeah, I agree with everything there.
2: Right. I mean, I guess part of it, it, like I said, part of that it does hold true, but I find that I game frugally now. I mean, I'm always waiting for the Steam sale. I'm always waiting for the the Epic Game Store sale or the PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Store or even the Xbox game deals. I find myself always hounding those for deals, and the only time I ever purchase anything new is that, and then when I say new, I mean $60 is when – It's just got amazing reviews, or I'm so hyped about it, or one of you guys picks it up and is like, It's a great game, and then I'm like, Okay, I can spend my sixty bucks and do it. Even when a game's forty dollars, um, you know, I I find it hard to buy sometimes brand new because I'm usually waiting for that game to be twenty or thirty, and that seems to be where my sweet spot is. Twenty to thirty dollars for a game is what I'll usually spend on something I really want. Like perfect example is Maneater. I don't know if you guys played it. Um, but that game came out, I think it was forty, forty five dollars when it came out. It was a cheaper game and I wanted to play. It looked pretty funny, looked pretty awesome. Um, I waited until it went on sale, even though it was still only a forty dollar game. I think I spent thirty on it or something like that, and it was a really good game. I felt it was worth the money that I spent for it. But I I'm a very budget conscious gamer nowadays and I you know, I pay fifteen dollars a month for Game Pass for me and I pay fifteen dollars a month for game pass for my kid. Um, actually I think I paid hers to the 10 cause she doesn't need the ultimate cause she not have PC. So I spend 10 for hers and 15 for mine, you know, so I spend $25 a month on gaming automatically and I don't have any MMOs that I pay subscriptions to or anything like that right now. So really my gaming expense is on average, uh, $25 a month. Uh, and back when I was a kid though, my gaming, back when I was younger, my gaming expenditures would very easily probably be a hundred dollars a month easy because I would spend $15 a month for WoW and then I'll spend $15 a month to play Eve or Final Fantasy and I would keep both subscriptions running at the same time or whatever new game was going on and then I'm always at GameStop or EB games buying or transferring or, you know, buying and selling games. So I guarantee you I probably spent 30% of my discretion, 30% of my income on gaming when I was a kid and now I bet I don't even spend 1% of my, of my income on gaming.
3: Yeah, but you gotta remember though, you, you're Gaming is still, and and I think it's for all of us. I mean, that's why we're here right now. Is it, it's it's a big part of who we are. But we also have put other things ahead of it. I mean, we put uh, our children. Uh, even you know Russ, even though yours is you know grown up and moved down, you know you still gotta prioritize her over a game. You know, and we all do that. We all you know Nick don't even like his kids, but he gonna prioritize them. <laughs> But yeah, we I mean, do. It's but it's you know, it's because we've found things that are that are important. We've created things that are important that we have to put over that. I put my home, my car, uh my work, uh, my wife, my kids, uh, you know, before my gaming addictions. Don't get me wrong, if I could get rid of the wife and the kids and the dog and the cars, I would and then just play the games. But you know, they'll kill me, so I'll keep them. But, you know, it's, it's what we've prioritized in our lives ahead of the games. And that's why, you know, you went from 30 to 40% to, to 1%. You know, Nick is still at 30% though.
2: I will, you know, I made, the, I made the comment about that. You know, I will also admit though that I probably play more games now than I have when I was younger because of, of, of game pass and stuff like that. And like, humble bundles and steam sales because i you know i i don't know if it's because i'm more patient or like nick said there's just too much coming at us at any given time because there's plenty of times where i'm i'm hyped about a game but then i'm not hyped enough for 60 dollars and i'll forget about it and i won't notice it for a year or even two years sometimes later and i see it on like a steam sale or an epic game sale or or game pass or something and i'm like oh i gotta play that so my library for steam and and epic and and even uh Origins, you know, the the all hated origins from EA. I still have a I have a good sized library of games that I haven't played. Uh but I do play a lot of games now, but it's I I spend a lot less, I guess I should say, um, than I did when I was younger. And to me it just seems like gaming is an expensive hobby. We talked about a few podcasts ago about VR and I wanna play VR but I can't afford to, to get into that hobby. But, you know, I do feel, I don't know about you guys, do you feel you play more games now or, or before? Nick, what do you, how do you feel? Do you think you play more games now or, or less than you did when you were younger?
1: I You know, I, I don't know. I, I played a lot when I was a kid. So I would say probably, if I were to really think about it, I'd probably say less now. And that's just because, you know, as a kid, the only priority I had was going to school, right, and doing my homework. Um, other than that, I was just gaming the entire time. You know, maybe play with friends and stuff. But a lot of my friends when I was younger were gamers, too. So we just play video games as well. So, uh, you know, nowadays I do play a lot of games still, but I have other priorities. You know, I have kids, you know, like Shane said, kids, house, job, you know, those things that you have to do when you're an adult. Uh so you know, much of my free time does go toward gaming, you know, if I'm not doing something with the kids or, or work or whatever. Um so I try to get as much gaming as I possibly can, but I think if I were really think about it, probably play less nowadays just because of those factors than when I was younger. What about you, Shane?
3: Uh definitely play less. Um before the marriage and kids and all of that. What I do. I went to work. I played games. That was my life. I was, you know, I was just content as could be. Uh, you know, that's not to say I, I'm bothered by my life. I, I love, you know, my wife and kids, but I don't play as much. Um, and even if, uh, even if I take just a day off, just, just to play a game and just relax, take some me time. Uh, I hey well since you're off you got to do this you got to do that uh it sucks but you know it is what it is and I really wouldn't change anything uh except for you know maybe get a few extra days off
2: okay
0: so and Russ what about you I mean I I, I play I play quite a bit less than I used to I mean uh, priorities have changed in life and, and but you know and not only that, but like I'm gonna be honest, the quality of gaming to me has affected my gameplay. If there was more games that were more enjoyable to me, I may play more because I do have a little bit more time. But uh, I think priorities have altered that, along with the gaming venue or the or the or the gaming atmosphere, whatever you want to do now. Uh, every every developer every place is in for a quick buck um giving them forty bucks, even giving them forty bucks for a an okay game is is infuriating from time to time when you know I could think about all the donuts that I could buy with that forty bucks or something like that that might give me uh, a greater amount of time of pleasure than a forty dollar game um I kid, but like that's just my point though is that is that I think because of the way that the games have come Around to being less thought out, less thoughtful. We we do have our our superstars from from time to time, but not near what we used to. I I mean, I just think of like just back in 1999. I mean, we're we're looking at a a, a time where technology was a third, a, a quarter, a, a one eighth of what we have now, and we had games in 1999 like uh, like Silent Hill. Um, siphon filter, Counter Strike, uh, Half Life was a year old at this point. I think you know, like all those games had come out, and like we would lose a month, two months playing those games. And now we're like, we we get a game done in a week. We're like, okay, never go back again. And so, uh, I think that those two things for myself play factors: the fact that the games aren't very thought out, and then obviously my priorities as I become a not as old of a man as Shane, uh, change a little bit. Oh, man. So, so I think there's probably a discrepancy in
2: the way that I look at this than that you guys did. When I say play more, I mean, like, not necessarily time spent playing. I mean, like, playing titles. Like, do you think you play more titles now than you played back when you were younger? Because when I was younger, when I was a kid, when I was a kid or when I got old enough to buy my own games, you know, and when I had my roommates, I, you know, I worked a job where I worked three 12 hour shifts and a six hour shift. So basically I would go in Friday at 6 PM and work till 6 AM and do the same thing on Saturday and Sunday or, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. And then Monday I would go in at 6 PM and get off at midnight and I wouldn't have to go back to work until Friday at six. So I played. Uh, You know, I played games, but I would buy that game and I would just play it to its fruition till it's finished or I was enthralled in wow or I was enthralled in whatever the current MMO is at the time. So while I, while I would buy a lot of games, I would play those four games for the, for the month. I would play those four titles. Whereas like now I find that in a month I play a lot more titles. I may not play them to fruition. But because of the market and everything that's out there, you know, uh, you know, this month's a little bit different because Microsoft has that uh achievement thing going on where you can do the Hall of Fame thing. I played a lot, but on average, I'm probably playing two to three different games a week because of Game Pass or because I got Epic Game Sale or or Humble Humble Bundle or I bought like a package off of Xbox or PlayStation. So I'm probably playing. In a given week, three to four different games, not to their completion, but playing different titles. So that's what I kind of meant by playing more. I'm playing more different games, not more time spent gaming. Because I think I do think I don't play as much as I as I did when I was younger. Because, like I said, I would basically when I was when I was a kid and I worked at the I worked for a trucking company. So I worked like I said three twelves and a six. I would get go in at six p.m., get off at six a.m., eat. Shower, sleep for a few hours, play a little bit of games, and I would do that until until um, Monday night when I got off at midnight. But then I would stay up and game until Friday at you know I would game until Friday at like noon, and then I would stop and I would sleep for six hours and and do rinse repeat kind of stuff.
0: So with that, then then my answer is the same answer, but reversed, (laughs) but reversed. And and how does that mean? Yes, I play a lot more titles now, but because the quality of games aren't what they used to be, not because I have more time or less time or anything like that. I think that that's where I'm ended up playing more titles because there's not as many titles that are really catching my focus if we look over the last five years, you know the only couple of titles that we truly go back to um and kind of play a little bit on would be, you know, whatever MMO is, is the MMO. And then something like destiny or siege. And you know, be like, Oh, there's a new patch. There's a new DLC going out. So let's give that a shot. Beyond that, we're playing something new uh constantly. I mean, anything from Uno to uncooked to, to whatever the newest uh, multiplayer game is, you know, Avengers. You know, we had to give that a shot. You know, but yet again, again, there there was a game there that you have four white guys, four four white guys who love freaking uh, Marvel. We we all love Marvel. We all have our favorite characters. We all have our like that should be a shoe in to take our money for at least a couple of months, at least. But again, developers, producers, game makers, they fail us time and time again. I think that's why we are playing so many titles now versus, you know, when we were younger because you, like you said, you, you just said it kind of yourself, Patrick. You said, you know, I would buy, you know, I'd I'd be playing WoW and I'd be, and then you'd be playing a console game and then you might have another like Eve or something in the background. So you had only 3 games that you were playing at that time. You were playing twice as much because they were solid great games. Whereas now you're you're taking 4 games just to make up for the one game that you had in the past. All
2: right. Nick, yeah, you got a point. Shane? Shane, what what about you? You know what how do you feel on that on that topic?
3: Well, I I can say I still probably play I play less, but I play more variety than i ever did growing up uh i mean i was uh, a platformer person for you know the longest time and then i developed into rpgs at the uh, playstation one era you know that was when i really started loving rpgs first person shooters i didn't really get into till the uh, xbox you know came out halo you know got me hooked in on that uh, and now you know because of game pass and game sharing i play more variety of games but i still don't i don't play the quantity uh i used to play or the or the time amount of time that i used to play but russ is right though the quality of games since 360 really you know ps3 era about halfway through that has has really the quality has dwindled down in a lot of ways. Some games come out that are just so amazing, um, and then the vast, short majority of them are, are crap or unfinished. You know, look how excited we were for Anthem. Anthem, uh, it should and could have been an amazing game, but it wasn't because it was half-assed by EA. Um, it was. You know, just tossed out there. And that was EA it. EA
0: bashing alert. EA bashing alert.
3: Yep. And I'll <laughs> do it every day because they suck. The, uh, but then you get the quality games, um, control, uh, Alan Wake, uh, you know, and I'm just knocking off some of, you know, the ones that I truly enjoyed. Uh, Ghost of Shishima. Uh, then you get those, those rarities, those gems and a pile of turds that just, that just shine that are amazing. But I don't get to play those very often. I mean, Russ is right. The the I will quit more games now than I than I you know I complete because of quality and because I'm not going to pay a bunch of money to play crap. I'm not going to pay seventy dollars for a game unless I know that game is going to be solid. I mean, I'm going to get my every single penny
2: out of. So, so it's kind of similar, but yeah, it sounds, I mean, I understand your, your thoughts on that. Nick, how, what do you think? Do you, with it flip, like what I mean is, do you think you play more different titles now than you did back then? Or, or do you still think that you played more and more different games back then?
1: Yeah, I think I, I, I probably play a lot more variety of different games nowadays. And, and just like Russ and Shane said, you know, the thing that also factors into it is there's is a lot of games. We get a lot more games now, um, you know, with Game Pass and stuff. We have a lot more variety, but there is a lot of games that are not very good. Right. We get a lot of crap games compared to the ones that are that are really good games. But as far as variety go, uh, yeah, I, I play all sorts of different titles now. You know, and I think Game Pass really helps with that you know there's a lot of games on game Pass, especially that i wouldn't even give a second you know chance to or even a first look and then i've just said ah, i'll try this out and installed it and found out it's a really good game
3: tractor uh, simulator
1: yeah farming simulator, farming <laughs> simulator. Yeah, simulator.
3: yeah we had yeah, stupid I mean, fun
1: uh, yeah it was a lot of fun you know uh, carrion uh the one with the monster yep. you plays the monster that was a lot of fun uh You know, me and Patrick, you know, because the Hall of Fame thing that's going on where you get 10,000 gamer points, uh, gamer score, you know, we played a lot of games that we probably never would have played. The, uh, the gardens between us, I think it was, uh, that one, it's like a puzzle kind of reverse time game. And, you know, I, I beat that one recently and got all the gamer points and I know Patrick did too. And, and, And that wasn't like. It wasn't a, a super great game, but it was a pretty good. It was a pretty cool little puzzle game, and it's not that long. So, uh, you know, I, I don't. I've seen that game has been on there on Game Pass forever, and I probably would have never played it, but because of this, I did. Because you can get easy achievements and playing through it, I was like, hey, this it's, kind of, this kind of fun. And some of the puzzles kind of, you know, trip me up for a minute trying to figure out how to get through them.
2: But right. Um,
1: yeah, I'd say I, I definitely play more variety nowadays than I, than I did back then.
2: Yep. I, I, so, so, yeah, that that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's, that's the truth. I mean, the, the time between, like, the big titles that we're used to playing is pretty sparse. I mean, can you think of a game – so, upcoming, for me, is Cyberpunk. I don't have anything else on my radar that's like I'm buying brand new outside of Cyberpunk. And, and for me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's Cyberpunk – And before that, it was Ghost of Tsushima. So how long is the gap between that? There's months in between there before I'm buying something that's on release date. Yes, we bought squadrons, uh, but that happens a, a lot to us where we get hyped about a game and then it just it falls flat. So what I wanted to say about that was, do you think that the amount of game or the quality of gaming is the reason that the demo is dead? 'Cause you don't get Absolutely. game demos anymore. Hardly anything you don't get a game demo of it. Because that used to be back in the day how I would determine if I'm gonna buy a game. I remember getting the uh the PlayStation disc from Pizza Hut. You remember go you get Pizza and you get the little PlayStation demo disc or you would get uh PC magazine and they would come with a demo disc, a disc full of demos. You don't get anything like that. It's a rarity to find a game that puts out a demo now. And and I honestly feel it's because of exactly what you guys said the quality of gaming has gone downhill so much that these game developers can't. If they were to give you a demo of it, you probably wouldn't buy it.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at um, uh, look at a game like Anthem. It had everything that we wanted. Four-player co-op. Visuals were really nice. The, the concept of the game itself is right up our alley. All four of us could agree that's something we could play. That's something we could all enjoy. Now, all all that had to be done was make the game complete, make the game solid. Throw a demo out, though. There's no way we would have bought it. I don't know I really, don't, I, really don't, I really don't, I don't really
1: think yeah, we would have. I don't know. Because, I think because, I would have bought
2: Anthem. I think yeah, I
1: because we, you know, we wouldn't. I, have, know. I mean, I think what killed
2: it for Anthem was Endgame.
1: Yeah, it was the Endgame. So a demo, I think we would have been like, oh, this is really cool. Like, I wonder how this expands. And, yeah, but you know, Nick, and what we found is it really doesn't, right? Yeah, but, but Nick, we wouldn't you have known
3: complaining that. about you were complaining about repetitiveness at the Yeah, but you still mission. wouldn't get that
1: out of a demo. A demo so, where it would
2: likely be one mission, and that's all you would get. So here's a perfect example. Let's say that there was a demo of squadrons. I would honestly say we probably wouldn't do that. If squadrons put out a demo, and the demo was a fleet battle, and we knew that was the main point of co-op, we probably wouldn't have bought that one.
1: No, I yeah. would agree. It depends on what the demo, if, again, if the demo depends on what battles. the demo portrays, right? It, yeah, exactly. If it was Fleet battles, then more likely a demo for squadrons would probably be like the first mission in the single player campaign, right? That's right. probably what they would have put out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause you gotta think of demos too. They structure the best works in the demo, right? They're not gonna give you that crap level or some stupid portion that they know is not gonna be that, you mm-hmm. know, uh, r- well received. So they're gonna give you like the best mission in the game or maybe the first mission, which is, kind of the tutorial that kind of teaches the game or something like that. Cause the demo is to, is there, you know, back in the day is there to sell you that game. Right. And it also depends on, um, how well the demo is, but yeah, I, you know, demos are dying breed. You don't ever hardly see a demo. You know, I remember, remember back on the 360. uh, that was one of Microsoft's things is they had, you had to have a, uh, demo with every game that came to, uh, Xbox, or at least, yeah, I'm pretty sure every game that came to Xbox had to have a demo, you know, so there was a demo for pretty much just about every game, I think they, you know, some of the bigger titles, they kind of like said, okay, that's fine, but, um if they didn't have one, but, you know, it was kind of one of their rules, and that rule went out the window, but I think the quality of games, and I think the amount of games, and, you know, also you know, it maybe it factors into it, and it maybe not, but it, uh, development costs and things like that, you know, cause it takes to put a demo out, you know, it's just, it, you know, from my understanding, it's not like just sectioning off a portion of your game. It's basically making, like taking out that section of the game and making a demo. So you have to have a separate team where that team has to take the time to create the demo to put out there. So then you have the extra cost, which I think a lot of companies just don't want to put into it. They just throw it out there and hope it sticks. Right.
0: Russ, what about you? Your thoughts on the demo? Um, the demo is a lost art. Um, my gosh, I mean, how many games in, you know, back in the day did we demo that we'd bought because they were fantastic? Um, or even, I mean, I, I guess, like, do you think or or do we think as a whole that, you know, like, these betas that come out, they're kind of the demo, like like, it's almost like a false demo, like, Well, we're going to give you this beta, but you know, we know it's broke, but here's your little demo for the beta. And it's like, well, you want to make a fair, a fair assessment within the bugs that you know the game has, but you're still beta, baiting a game to know if you want to buy it. I mean, Avengers is a perfect example of that. Um, you know, I, I think the demo is, is a, is a dying breed for sure, but I don't know if every demo i i got 100 percent made the decision for me i mean i just keep coming back and keep thinking about how like was it like i'm trying to ask myself was it that during these games in this time these games came out like from 1999 to 2008 was it because that was such a a heightened peak of new games Everything is new. Every genre is kind of changing. You know, then we get into 2008 and the open world kind of starts to kick in. And then 2010, the open world gets a little bit better. And then now we get it to where the last four years, everything seems to be open world and maybe one out of every four really do it right. Um, you know, the, the most recent Assassin's Creed was one that we really liked, although it was excessive. I mean, it got to a point where it was like, okay, I'm kind of done. I've done the same mission for the last six months. So I'm good now. I mean, that that's what I look back at. I look back and think about it to myself. Like, what games have I played more than just three weeks? What could have gotten me to keep them playing them for three weeks? I don't think a demo would have made a, a factor in that decision on whether I played the game. So what really is the issue? I think if the issue is playability beyond the three weeks or the two weeks or the review time for us uh, right now. I mean, I think the review time for us is actually helping us play a variety more of games because we want to make sure that we make a, a good review for our listeners. And so we need to make sure that we play that game, even if we don't like it. Whereas now uh if we didn't have that, like you said, um you know, you said in a previous podcast, you know, Hey, I would have quit mafia had it not been for the fact that we reviewing. Well, that's, that's where we would be at right now. We would be just trying game after game after game and hoping and praying that that one would be okay. Or we see a game that we kind of like, we're like, well, let's just wait to see if it gets on game pass. So I rambled a little bit there, but the long story of it, I do miss the demo, but I do believe that most of the responsibility is on the developers to give us games as consumers that are worth buying. Yeah, but that's why they
3: stopped doing a demo. Because they know, you know, they're, they're pushing more ters than they are pushing polish. And, and they don't want people to see that. They still, they still want to make that. And a lot of that I blame on Nintendo for all that shovelware for the Wii. You know, they just kept throwing garbage out and garbage out and garbage out. And it's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done wasting my money. So when they go to raise these prices to $70, they're not going to get mine unless it's that game that I know Dang well, it's gonna be seventy dollars worth. I mean, uh uh Cyberpunk. If you told me that game's gonna be seventy dollars, you know what? Here's my seventy. I know they've got the quality, I know they've got the uh history, and you know, and there's nothing I've seen that uh makes me go, oh no, maybe it's not gonna be great. You know, that's definitely no qualms about that. Now look at uh the next Call of Duty. I always enjoy the stories of the Call of Duty. The multiplayer's been pretty generic here the last few, but always enjoy the stories. I ain't paying $70 for it, though. None of their stories in the last three games have been worth $70 here.
0: Right. I, think, so, I think Pat asked a minute ago, like, so Cyberpunk's coming up, so we all, all four of us on more than one occasion have said, now that game, absolutely a purchase, first day. You know, and they said, well, what's the next one? You know, the only next one that I can think of remotely would be, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I mean, that would be that would be it. And and, you know, luckily, those two are kind of close together. But then for the holiday season, that's these games are coming out prior to the holiday season. And that's what we have to look forward to. I can't think of anything else to look forward to.
2: Well, you know what? Go ahead, Pat. Would you, Shane, would you pay seventy dollars for Valhalla?
0: No. No. Yeah, I me mean,
2: you neither.
3: Know. No, because Assassin's Creed uh, One, uh, Assassin's Creed really lost its way, in my opinion. I think they've I think they've taken a road I don't like. I think two was their prime. I think three was great with testing new stuff, but uh, I think they've taken it too far. I do not like the open world. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I do not I do not like the the vast amount of open. world. I'd I like, would,
2: yeah, I would say that. Op, I think Odyssey is their best one, in my opinion. But and I
3: see, that's the thing. A lot of people love how they've transitioned from where they were at two and three to Odyssey. They love how that's how it became this um slightly stealth action game to this open world uh story-driven RPG. And that's really what it is now. Valhalla looks really interesting, but I'm gonna bet a dollar. It's gonna suck, I really <laughs> we'll do i out. really I really think the Valhalla is gonna blow chunks well i th- I think there's too much writing on it, and I think they're gonna I think they're gonna blow. I, I will really tell you do.
2: this though the Assassin's Creed games aren't day one buys for me. they have not been ever mm. um because they are very generic, you know, I will say Odyssey was my favorite, but Odyssey was also one of the ones I bought in the complete edition type packaging. Um, I didn't buy it as a day one game and I will probably not, unless I'm extremely bored. Now I will say this. I do impulse buy on games when I'm bored. (laughs) So if it's a weekend and I have nothing to do and I'm looking at my game list going, I don't want to play any of these. I will buy impulse buys and Valhalla is going to be out around the holiday season. If I'm off work and I'm bored, I may do that one, but I'm hoping cyberpunk will fill my time, um, you know, with that. But, you know, we kind of got off on the tangent there. Uh, back to the demo thing, I think demos are gone. You know, I very rarely see a game on Steam that has a demo. Most of the time now, they want you to pay for a demo. When I say pay for a demo, they're like, pay this discounted price for early access. And and I hate that to no end um, because it just drives me nuts. But I think demos are gone for one of two reasons. You know, obviously because publishers are – not, publishers are not in love with what they're putting out anymore. And the second is, is that when we had demos, media on games wasn't as easily accessible as it is now. Cause I remember being a kid, your gaming information, you know, nobody's going to sit around a 56K modem waiting to download a video of a gameplay trailer, you know, or a picture. Uh, so you had access, gaming media was basically restricted to like commercials on TV and magazines. And so you had to get those demo discs to, to play. But I still remember downloading demos from the Internet, you know, just take all day or, or, or all night or something like that. But I do think that the games are getting away from that because a perfect example is we all have hated on the Avengers game to no end, but we gave it a chance. They They had the opportunity to change our minds like we were anti Avengers and they came out with the open beta. And we're like, here's your chance to find out if we really have to buy this game. If it's just the best game around, we're gonna cave and buy it. All four of us came away with, it's okay. I don't, it's, I, I don't have to have this game.
3: And it's a game I think we'll end up picking up in a few months down it's the road $20. when its prices drop and they've got some content for it. Because it's not a terrible game. It's just not, it's not a sixty dollar game. It's a game of service that I'm paying too damn much money for
2: upfront. So, so yeah, I think that's what the game demos are going. Um, but you know, we're creeping into the, we're creeping into the market where a bunch of, um, developers, which, you know, we are, our favorite to our favorite that we hate EA is stepping out with $70 games. You know, a bunch of them are trying it, but I think EA was the first to say, Hey, this game is going to be 70 bucks.
3: Well, that's because it's EA and they're nothing but uh, a blood-sucking company that does not care about the medium of uh, video games anymore.
2: Right? It's, you know,
3: it's disgusting.
2: But yeah, so I mean, demos have gone the wayside to uh, early access, and then and now I I feel though nowadays I feel the way that game companies deal with that when you start talking about demos, they're like, well, we have open betas. But that, to me, is a is a problem in itself. You're saying if I want to try your game, I have to make myself available between this window of time to try your game when you're stress testing it.
3: Not you know, to mention, they say you have to pre order it to get into the damn beta.
2: Right. You know, or or they just open it to everybody, but it's stress testing. So you're you're getting the game at its worst. You know, uh to do that. You know, so. You know, so it kind of reminds me of the old, the old joke about the cable company. We'll be, but we'll be at your house between Monday, 8 a.m. and Thursday, 8 p.m. So be waiting. And that's how I felt like they say, Hey, if you want to try our game, be on between 8 p.m. Monday and 8 p.m. on Thursday and you might get to try it as long as it's not too buggy. Um, yeah. so, you know, they basically are hurting the game. I, I honestly would try a little bit more stuff if I could get a demo of some things.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree.
2: You know, I, if I could try a demo of Valhalla, it may change my mind to be a day one game, but for me, it's not a day one game right now. I will check and see if hopefully it goes on sale by Christmas and try it. If not, then it'll be a after the first of the year game for me as long as, as long as Cyberpunk holds out for me and keeps my attention. Um, yeah. I don't know. Or, or we end up talking it out and we have nothing to, to review and we end up having to review Valhalla and I'll have to buy it reluctantly.
3: Ooh, that's a, that's going to be a tough buy.
2: Right. Ooh. Um, so, you know, gaming is expensive and, and and you know, talking amongst you guys, I, I do feel that we've come into a point where games are getting, it, it is becoming a lot of shovelware. It's just like, what can I put out that'll net me $5, you know, that'll net me $20 or something like that. We have a lot of that. It seems like nowadays indie game makers are basically the way to go. They put out a lot of cool stuff that's around $20 to $30 mm-hmm. and you get lots of really cool titles, you know, I mean. Yeah. So they seem to be the guys to go after and they're the cheaper. So if they can put out these great games and great concepts for $30, what are these companies like EA doing to where they can't make it and they need $70 a game? Is there really that much more development time into, into call of duty that it needs to be $70 versus these, these awesome games that cost $40? Yeah,
3: it's uh it's down to the greed factor. It, and it breaks my heart to see EA, Activision, you know, those companies that own amazing studios. Amazing. And they just, they, they burn them. They, they, they ruin their reputations by being greedy and pushing out crap that ain't done and ready. Uh, rake, raking prices up, you know, the, uh, the packages of crap you gotta buy. The, you know, if you buy this chest, you can do this, this, and this. And, this, it's ridiculous, you know. That's that. That's why if I see a game that's from EA, it breaks my heart because there's an 80% chance it's going to be crap. It really is
2: riddled with microtransactions.
3: <laughs> riddled, riddled with microtransactions in my crap. All
2: right. So I mean, so the cost of gaming, I guess, is is a, is always a subjective thing. It's the cost of one person is not there, but it's it is for another person. You know, I'm a very big bargain gamer. But I also play. I play just about everything under the Sun. Not as much as Nick does. Nick plays everything. If it says video game, Nick has played it or is going to play it. <laughs> um, yeah, there
3: ain't nothing he ain't gonna touch.
2: Right? You know. But I, I, I have standards. <laughs> They're just a little bit higher than Nick's. <laughs> but, but I'm also a bargain gamer. I think Nick probably buys a lot more newer titles than I do, and, and I, I can wait, um, because I mean, especially you know especially having kids that play as much games as Nick's do They he's buying a lot more newer stuff than I am. And, and you guys are a lot big, uh, more of like a Nintendo fan than I am. I still haven't bought, bought the new Mario sunshine, the remake, you know?
3: Oh yeah. That one you can hold off on. I'm not going to lie,
2: <laughs> but not, you know, so, after March. <laughs> yeah. supposedly It's going away after March, but uh,
3: uh, I'll save mine.
2: <laughs> but like I said, you know, I guess it's subjective in whatever way you want to look at it. I mean, if we consider what I spent then versus what I spend now, it's it's less and it just seems like I have less to show for what I spend money on and game on.
3: Well, uh, it's hard not to, uh, it, it's hard not to be uh, tighter with your money now because uh, of all the crap that could be out, you know, that, that you could be buying instead of a quality game because they push so much garbage out anymore. It, it, you got to be frugal. You got to let people get their get their thoughts out of there, so you can go. All right, well, four hundred people said this game sucks, but well, then I'm not getting
2: it. Well, I'd also admit too. One thing is different now than was in the past. Was um, you know, I don't trade in games anymore. I buy digital on most everything. So so I guess I don't get to play. I don't get to play. I don't get to buy as much because I don't have that opportunity anymore. I don't, you know. I don't go pick up a game and play it for a week or two and then trade it in for half of what I paid for it. So I have, you know, so that that sixty dollar game really cost me thirty as I buy into another one and then mm-hmm. I put another thirty with that and I buy this new game and then I I trade it back in for thirty dollars in store credit. You know that that cycle of you know investing thirty dollars in a game really is what it is because you're but you know you don't have anything to show for it. You're losing thirty dollars a week. Whereas now I have a library of games because they're all digital. Um, PlayStation is the only thing I don't really do that on. You know, PC is almost all digital anymore for me with Steam and Origin and, and Epic and then Microsoft Store just makes it too hard to go. That game is $20 on, on the, on the Xbox Store and it's still $40 if I go to GameStop or $50 if I go to GameStop. So I guess. Yeah, well, in that it sense, is
3: GameStop. <laughs>
2: right. And I guess it is in a sense that I. I probably, you know, I'd have to look, take a lo- long, hard look at what I spend versus what I used to spend because now when I buy a sixty dollars game, I can't trade it in. So really, I spent sixty dollars on that game rather than the thirty dollars to trade in and new cash. So, so I guess, like I said, it's subjective to anybody. You know, to me, gaming is still worth it, even as much as I spend or as little as I spend now. I mean, I I will admit, I pre-ordered a new Xbox, and if I could have gotten a hold of a PlayStation, I would have pre-ordered one of those as well. Same here. Um, you yeah. know. So, you know, it's just we couldn't get a hold of one. Um, but like I said, I, it's a subjective. I do like video games, new and old. I, I still like going into like game world and, and by Shane's house to go look at some of the old stuff. I don't spend as much money or hardly any money, but I still like to go in there and just peruse and, and, and have lots of memories of games that I used to play, <laughs> you know? So it's subjective. So do you guys have anything else you want to add on the topic of, like, the cost of gaming on, on a subject that you want to bring in or maybe something else you want to touch on?
3: I think we pretty much hit everything that makes us upset. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the uh it, I just want to see the quality for the price. I mean, if they want to charge me $70, they better, you know, they better come over here and wash my damn truck. Before I pay $70 for a, uh, an untested game.
2: Bring back That's the demo. That's all I want.
3: Exactly. Give me a demo. Especially now that you got a cross-gen. We're in that cross-gen phase of consoles. Give me a cross-gen demo. So I can play it now and go, Hey, you know what? I'm going to wait for it to come out on the, uh, the one S or the one, uh, the one the series X. Jesus, I hate Microsoft's naming conventions. The <laughs> series X. Or play it on my regular x or on the p s four to the p s five you know right now is a perfect time for those damn demos, but that's so, all I got to say about it,
1: Nick, anything from you? you know the seventy dollar price point is you know i I think of it as like give us a reason why they need to be seventy dollars right mm-hmm. what What's the point of the jump in price um you know the cost of living is not you know, is not catching up with inflation. And so, you know, games are 70 bucks or going to be $70. And, you know, what's what's that $70 for? What's that extra $10 going towards, right? I doubt it's going towards the developers and stuff, the, people, the actual uh, workers that are making the game. They're probably not getting a price, you know, a, a, a paycheck increase because of it. So what's that extra $10? And when you really think about it, more than likely it's just greed, right? They, they figure with a new generation, they can get away with jumping the price up and that's just what they're going to do. You know, and really gamers need to, you know, if they don't like it, they need to show that with their, with their wallets, you know, with, with not buying these games. But what's going to happen is more than likely they're going to go out and they're going to buy these $70 games and it's going to become the normal, uh, price for most games, you know, and, and that's just how it's going to be. But then you got to think of as well as where's the limit, right? Where does that stop? Um, how high of a price of the game can we go when the next generation comes out? Are we going to increase it in the, uh, another $10 and now they're $80 games or $90 games or a hundred dollar games? When does that price get to the point where it doesn't need to increase anymore? Or does it always need to increase after a while? You know, and again, why does it need to increase? Um, you know, these developers, it's not like they have to go out and buy new hardware because the next generation's coming out. I'm sure they've already had this hardware and stuff that can, you know, they already have dev kits and things. They don't need to, it's not like they're in, you know, oh, we need this money to invest and invest in what you have. You have the capability to make games for these systems. So it's not like you're having to repurpose your entire warehouse to to make these games right. right so you know it's understandable when they went from cartridges to cds right you know of course those went down in price but you know warehouses that ma- manufacture cartridges had to change had spent a lot of money to change over to cd-based games but here is just a it's just a justification that the next generation's coming out so they're like it's been enough time we can go ahead and increase the price and no one's going to say Anything about
2: it. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, and physical media is becoming less and less of a thing anyway. So everybody's just coding to digital yeah. now and the that's majority it. of sales are digital.
3: Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. The, the majority of the sales are digital. So they're already knocking a crap ton of price off uh, of stamping, you know, discs. So there, there's no reason for the $70 in my opinion. Just none. Well, I mean, it's except for, you know, I want money, money, money.
2: It would be one thing if they said, okay, the game's $70 and we're going to stop microtransactions. <laughs> that's one thing. But we know what's going to happen. The game is going, EA is going to go, okay, the game's $70 now. We're going to start tacking on an extra $5 of microtransactions now. So instead of that, uh, thousand credit pack of being $5, it's going to be $10 now and so on and so forth. You know that that's the next step. The next logical step is that packs are going to be more expensive. So, you know, a perfect game, a perfect example is now that they're going to have the season pass. So the game's going to be 70. The season pass used to be 20 bucks and now it's going to be 30 or $40 for the season pass instead of the $20 that it used to be. So it's, it's just a slippery slope. And, you know, I'm all for if prices need to go up, they need to go up. I mean, obviously we've been sitting at $60 games for the last 15 years. Um something's gotta give. But in those fifteen years, it's not like game prices have been stagnant. They've done microtransactions. They've started pumping out uh you know two dollar DLCs for fifteen to twenty dollars. You know, it's not like they're they're stuck at sixty dollars. They've been they've been figuring out ways to make more money with that by DLCs and microtransactions and cosmetic gear and and digital much more digital transactions. Um, so they're making their money. It's not like we've been at $60 for 15 years. Yes, the game's been at at $60 for 15 years, but companies find more and more ways to make money out of that game. So instead of that game just being $60, it's now $60 plus $20 for the year one pass and then another $20 for the year two pass. And if you didn't do year one, we'll bundle it together for 30 so we can still make more, so we can still make money on that year one pass that we didn't really do anything with. You know, so it's not like they weren't making any more money in those 15 years. They found a, unique and different ways to make money. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see how many people jump on the $70 bandwagon, but $70 is just going to make me more apt to be way more judgmental on games, especially if I can't demo them, uh, because I've found more and more times that watching gameplay videos doesn't do it for me, because I think, wow, that looks cool. Because I thought that when I watched Squadron's game, I'm like, oh, that looks cool for $40. <laughs> and then we, you know, we reviewed it, and I'm like, I wish I had got my $40 back. Uh, but, you know. I will agree with you, Nick, there. I don't know how this is going to play out and who all is going to jump on board. We'll see. Because I think Cyberpunk is still 60 bucks, which the development time and the amount of money they put into that is probably more than what, uh, EA is doing for Battlefield or for the, the Call of Duty.
3: Oh, easily. You but know? Cyberpunk developers, uh, CD Projekt Red did say that they're not charging for upgrades to the new systems.
2: Right, and then EA said basically that they don't work, right? If you bought it for the One, it doesn't work for the Series. If you bought it for the One X, it's not the same as the Series X?
3: Yep, because EA said, I'm going to stick my finger in your butt and get all your money because I hate people.
2: Right. So, you know, I think it's greed on their part, but yeah. So, 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 yep, I agree with you there, Nick. Uh, Russ, did you have anything else you want to talk about on this topic?
0: No, no, we've covered it all and twice. Uh,
2: and twice <laughs> i mean we're all going to keep gaming like we always do uh you know we'll just you know we'll be more frugal with our games you know and we want to review stuff and and talk about it when it first comes out but you know the more games cost the 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 older you know the, the slower our review times will be unfortunately but we try to review new stuff but we also review some some older stuff at times and then you know one of the things that I dread is reviewing alpha games, but we will do that from time to time as well. So, yep. I mean, cost of gaming is expensive. Um you, you know, it's very, it's an expensive hobby no matter what way you look at it. If you, do, if you think of it, uh, you know, as Russ pointed out earlier, console gaming is, you know, the cheaper route now. To some extent, yes, if you can live with the bare bones material, yes, if you want an Xbox Series X, it's $500. You gotta have a TV to play that on. You're looking at another two to five hundred dollars. So you're looking at a thousand dollar investment just to play. And we're not talking top end TV neither, right? You want a top end TV, you're putting fifteen hundred plus dollars into that TV. Um, and then if you're doing PC gaming, PC gaming costs you five hundred to a thousand dollars to build a decent gaming rig. And we're not talking top of the line. You want top of the line, you're going to spend fifteen hundred to two grand. And not to mention, (laughs) you're going to spend that three hundred dollars on a monitor if you're a gamer that you want that. UHD quality gaming monitor or OLED or something like that. So gaming is expensive no matter what way you talk about it. And we didn't even, there's no games in that price list. That's basically bare bones cost for a system. I mean, Xbox and PlayStation, new gen, $500, no game. So, you know, <laughs> you know, so, so it's an expensive hobby and, uh, you know, we all thoroughly enjoy it or, or we wouldn't spend the money on it. Cause I guarantee you the amount of money that we each spend on games, we could probably spend on a lot more other things in life. Um, So gaming is expensive. Um, With that, I don't think we have anything else to talk about, right, guys?
3: I'm spent.
2: Um, All right. Well, we appreciate everybody listening to us rant and talk about the cost of gaming. Uh, We hope to catch you in the next episode.